Welcome, thanks for coming. Pleasure. Tiger Cub, um, two members of the band, Jamie Hall, That's guitarist me. and singer, um, Jimmy Wheelwright, Correct. bass, and also there's another fellow who apparently isn't allowed out on Thursdays. Yeah, he's gone AWOL. He's gone AWOL, he's got two first names, so he can't be trusted out of his house on a Thursday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and his name is also, is James. Yeah, James So there's Alex. James, Jamie and, and Jimmy. That's right. Three yeah. or three James, perhaps. That's Brilliant. it. You just celebrated the release of your second album, Blue is Indigo. I get, you know, blue is a difficult word for me for some reason. Oh, yeah. Because it's very similar to indigo. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're getting somewhere yeah. now. <laughs> it, the facts emerge. So this is, um, so it just came out a couple of weeks ago. And it's the first album since your debut album, which came out about 2015. 2016, so, yeah. 2016. So five-year gap in between records. But we did have a little uh, EP after birth in 2017. That's true. Okay, That's true. yeah. I've got to hear things he's, like... He's correct. It's a placenta of a release. Is it? Well, it was, you? yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously there's quite a big gap between albums. Uh, obviously the obvious question, I know we've been suffering COVID and lockdown and things like that, but um, can, you, can you talk about what's been going on between... I know you were kind of touring until 2018 or somewhere around then. Uh, and then, um, and then you've basically got, got back, uh, to recording and releasing and performing again. So can you, can you talk us through the story a little bit? Well, we were gunning it since about 2014, 2015, right? Just like back to back tours constantly onto the next release. And then, um, we put these two like really big gigs on sale, Concord 2 in Brighton. Which like for Tide Cup, that's like a lot of tickets. And then Scala in London, which is like about the equivalent, maybe a little bit more. And like, it just felt like we were really fatiguing our fans and fatiguing ourselves like mentally and creatively, just like racing towards that prize of like these just two like monolithic gigs for a band like Tide Cup, which just really would help us like break out of like the sort of local scene, I guess, and be taken seriously more on like a nationwide basis. Like they're just such like, they're such markers of like a, a, a band or an artist's growth. So we got those gigs out of the way. And then like, there was just this sort of like almost unspoken, um, agreement to just like take maybe six months off, just like, just collect our thoughts a little bit. Decompression, yeah. Yeah. Cause it was, you know, it's, it's intense being in a band and it's yeah. like, you know, the collective will of like a group of people and you, everyone's dreams and stuff like that. It can become, you know, quite, E easily quite fraught and emotional and stuff like that. So we just like pumped the brakes a little bit. And then that turned into such a massive break because we couldn't get deals together. The correct deal that, that like felt would have given us the right, um, like jumping off point for the next record. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like securing more resources and just having the, the, the right teams in place in each different area. Cause you like, you pick up a couple of tricks as you go through like release cycle after release cycle and you start to realize how to connect the dots in the right way and like that that felt like quite important that when, when we do come out with this next record that it's a total level up and it's much stronger than how we did it before because i think that's just how you should do everything in life it should just always be better but that took ages it took absolutely ages it took bloody five years but you're one hell of a prolific boy you know when it comes to sort of Tiger Cub ramping up to sort of getting ready to do some pre-production or some recording, you know, <laughs> the rate in which songs will arrive in a folder 
complete like you know particularly in as in as blue as indigo's case you know james and i were just sort of watching these brilliant demos arrive you know almost on a kind of daily basis at one point and and like i think yeah it's hard to keep up with yeah I'd be like, no i'm sick of that one i'm now. sick of that this one. one's better what is the hell is that one even in <laughs> but like, I, yeah i think it there's no i like you say mental constipation is is is, is a is a bad one to kind of have at a time you're trying to push a release so i think it is good mm. to wait until the uh <laughs> you're trying to push a release when you're trying to push a release at your body <laughs> so yeah it's much better to sort of i mean at the sort of top of 2019 that was sort of the time uh you know your side project nancy sort of felt it felt like a good time to do that and yeah james and i both sort of ended up in other sort of touring crews and doing bits and bobs and for yeah, me like james was Blood Red Shoes, and then you were doing stuff with like Nadine, Nadine Shah, Shah and, and like Juanita Stein, Laundromat as well, who yeah. are really good bands. We all just sort of naturally started doing like our own thing because we were so tethered to Tiger Cub yeah. for for so long that like it just it just happens like naturally. We just did other things for a bit. Well, I think it's super healthy. I think as yeah. long as like I think it all feeds into everything else, and yeah, you sort of you don't want your band to be like a kind of a ball and chain or like a jealous partner or um, a badly behaved spaniel you want it to be something that feeds your life not kind of holds you back and i think so that's true. what we've all realized a bit yeah because it's all about you know being passionate and loving what you do isn't it when it comes to the creative arts you have to have that otherwise it's not going to come across in your music i totally agree i think like sort of intangible things like that do end up like getting baked into the music that you make mm. So it is really important to take care of it, you know, consider it. So, um, so it's been great. I mean, it was really nice and to hear that you guys were back in action because I wasn't really sure what had, what had happened. I remember seeing you at, um, first time 2016 because you were part of Brighton's Finest Showcase. Yeah. Uh, with D-Mob Happy and a band that we still can't work out. Spit Shake Sisters. What? What are they called? Spit Shake Sisters. Sisters. Yeah, that's it. At latest, yeah. <laughs> Well, it was just an awesome show. It was really all fun. All three of you were just amazing. It, it was, was a real a garagey atmosphere. thing. I mean, there was a thing happening with those three bands and certainly the witches around sort of like 2014, 15, because late, uh, late Night Laundry did the movie about these bands and it was a really nice little movement, I suppose. That was like the ascension of that generation of bands in Brighton. Sorry to cut you off, but that, know, that yeah. was like, that time was when everyone was starting to form yeah. that scene when we're on a porch as old men we'll talk about that time being like <laughs> you know like i don't know 196 it was our 1967 or something i don't know yeah. what it was it's just like a nice moment yeah and we went from that show and we played at the pull and pump with yonica i and, heard that you actually had to go somewhere else and oh, play somewhere, we yeah. often did i mean we'd often do four five six gigs in a few days over yeah. great escape and because we just wanted to be seen and mm. heard and yeah. um loved <laughs> loved <laughs> And then we did do and one signed. <laughs> and paid. Um, but we did the only official Great Escape show we did was at the Hope, and it was really tough work, man. It was really dry and looking out over a sea of lanyards. Yeah. And then we went over to Nowhere Man that night and played with uh, Dreamwise. 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 That was the best. Dialogue. Yes, Dialogue. And it, it's mad now. A couple of years later, you sort of look at like the landscape of that like generation of, of bands and artists and stuff you can see who's gotten really big and who hasn't and who's yeah. stayed the same and stuff like that it's really interesting but one thing's for certain like none of those bands can just play like the pull and pump or 
anything like that. Like everyone's too big to do those old school yeah. like basement gigs. So I feel really grateful to just be around <clears throat> at that time to just yeah, see totally. like a band like Dreamwife, like just tear it up in yeah. a basement to like 30 people who are all on like ketamine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They'll just they'll do concords whenever yeah. they come to Brighton or something bigger. It's it's yeah. mad. Yeah, and it's I think that's a really good lesson. I mean, I'm just um, it was like a Jerry Springer, but for young <laughs> bands, just enjoy that bit. You know, don't feel aggrieved to it. Go and play basements. To know oh God, what, it's part of the journey, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a real race at the moment. You know, I feel that through working at the studio. You would, yeah, you would know. I'm not really sure who's coming up. These but guys. yeah, there's people. There's bands sort of starting up, and they're like, right, we want to do Concord, and I'm like, forget about yeah. Concord for years. You're, don't worry yeah, about it. You're that. fucking six years away from that yeah. boss. Unless, unless you know, you get a big deal and you get like the resource, you get the marketing spend to reach the people that you need to convert into ticket holders. They're, every now and again, yeah, you'll get people like popping up on Insta and stuff who are like, they're in a young band or whatever. I, I have like a little like daft podcast thing that I do just because I do stuff like that because I'm yeah. mental. Um, and like people, there's like, there's parts in the show where I open, open up for questions with people and I get a lot of like, people from bands just being like how do you get a booking agent how do you get big how do you get a record label interested in what you do and the first thing i say to them is like find the smallest venue in your town yeah that like 20 20 tickets and just blow it out with yeah. your mates create exclusivity yeah. that's the name of the game do you know what i mean it's just all about like, developing your craft as well because it's not yeah, gonna happen overnight is it? exactly man. Studio, you have to do it in front of well that's there's two audiences. very different things yeah. and there's a whole generation of players now who are exceptionally good at playing in their bedrooms but then actually they may not have even done 10 gigs in their lives and, it, and it's, it's a weird moment in history now where people still love music they always will but actually what it means to be a successful musician I mean, to a lot of people, if you have 150,000 subs on Insta playing metal covers, that's, you've done it. Yeah. But to me, music's more of a kind of shared communication. Yeah. There's more of a two-way thing. And like, you know, because we've had to taste crowds or taste the lack of crowd or because we've <laughs> sort of seen it, you know, we played Download over the weekend and to look over these like thousands of people and feel like you've actually earned it is really special. Um, there's there's a <clears throat> there's a grit that comes with like having to convert people live in real time and Tiger Cub is a band that knows that plight so well because we've toiled on the support to a circuit which always seems dead exciting when you get the gigs through you're like wicked we're gonna do these big venues it's gonna be like great and it is great because it's free beer a lot of great catering it's a party <laughs> with your mates right but the actual job of it is yeah. you're showing up you're standing on stage to like a crowd who are totally indifferent to you. Not there to see you, basically. Actually hostile. Like yeah. wh whenever I see, whenever some, anything comes into my like domain, I'm hostile. Uninvited. To it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, what is this shit? <laughs> and that you have to. It's not a level playing field. Everything has to convince me that it's good from thinking it's shit to start with, assuming it's shit. So I assume that people who receive Tiger Cub stuff either like on the radio or live already think it's shit so you've got an uphill battle yeah. to convert people and i think that that's like a that's a really important part in my opinion of like being in a band just toiling on the gig circuit and you know like our booking agent always says is that if you take longer to go up 
it takes you much longer to come down. Whereas if you just rock it up, you're more likely to just like, it's, it's a like burst. a transient yeah. spike and come down. So it's just a safe bet. If you really want to get into music, you really want to be in a band. First of all, I'd say don't because it's fucking horrible. Yeah. It's a shit life. It's just not a very nice life. Play computer games on Twitch. Play computer games on Twitch. Yeah. That's where the money is, all right? Yeah, man. That's good. Yeah, but Anything you don't know that when you start out. I mean, if, if you knew that, you know, it'd be like, okay, well, I won't bother. I won't bother, you know, becoming a musician. But yeah, yeah like you got you got a toil. <laughs> you do it on it on the basis of youthful uh, energy and innocence and like, you know, wanting to explore the world. That's so. true. I mean, the, the experiences, like we've had some of the best times ever on tour as, as youngins. I'm real. So it is, it's yeah. worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it says with a caveat or two. You, yeah. You should just like cut like Vietnam scenes in the back yeah, of my head. Yeah. Like, PTSD. Yeah. Like, fuck. Well, you two look like you're, you're, you know, you're, you're not mental. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're survivors. Yeah. Basically. The media trainings where all the like, record advancement. <laughs> um, so you obviously mentioned down, Download Festival, and that would have been your first gig since December 2018. We played a kind of German all-day festival in Berlin, yeah. um, and it was, that was a weird gig. That was sort of one by itself, yeah. uh, which was a bit of a kind yeah, of weird flying. appendix, flying in and out. And then, yeah, we sort of hit the hiatus for a bit, and then everything took time. And Yeah, it was like the first gig in two and a half years, and first time playing songs. And playing anyway if you were wanting to play uh, for a year and a half almost, I think. So, yeah. Tell us about that experience. That must have been it refreshing was to do. Well, <laughs> when, we, when we were tracking As Blues Indigo, it was during lockdown, right? So we didn't even know if there was going to be, like, a society to come out to afterwards. Like, around, like, March 2020, I think that was a moment where everyone felt like this is this has all gone a bit wrong and this might go a bit 28 days later. I swear, there's, everyone lived a moment where we were just like, fucking hell, what's going to happen? Yeah. Do you what know do what I mean? wipe my bum on now? Yeah, no toilet roll, we're fucked. Yeah. And like... No pasta. Yeah, it was all in my dad's garage. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't know better. But like, so we, we tracked the record thinking like, well, we might never play live again. Let's just make the best sounding record we possibly can at all costs. We don't have to... We hadn't finessed the record on the road because we'd been out of action for years. So we hadn't road tested any of the tracks. So we were just there in the studio to do as many overdubs as we like. And if we want to overdub the drums three times, let's do it. If we want to tune the guitar totally differently for the chorus, let's do it. Let's totally change the amp setup, which, you know, we never really, really go down that rabbit hole on previous releases because we're like, we're a live band and we want to try and capture that live and yeah. not mess with that too much. Yeah, we're obsessed with that. As Blue as Indigo is different. <clears throat> the reason why I bring that up is because when it came to play live, we were like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> how the fuck are we going to do this? There's nine parts in this chorus, but there's three of us. Because there's only three of you. Yeah. You could yeah. always do a pub cover, like a pub rock cover set of your yeah. own band which are quite oh, that's you cute get, you could have got session musicians maybe we did end up getting our friend Cam to just like take care of some keys parts and yeah. some extra guitar bits um, but it was you know it was quite intensive just trying to figure out like the tunings for every song and how yeah. that will work in succession of a set and just how you can best utilise like 30 minutes of like an audience's time at a festival like in, in that sort of environment, you know what I mean? So it was really stressful. We fucking managed it though, I think. We did manage it. And like the, the set was great at downloads. It could have been terrible, but I think, you know, that, that's quite a good gamble to have as a band. Do you know what I mean? Cause yeah, I think you can have higher highs if, if it's sort of all about a fall apart at yeah. any minute. Do you know what I mean? All my favorite bands are a bit like that. 
So it was a little bit nerve-wracking. <clears throat> I don't know, there's something different when it's your baby, it's your band, you feel a lot more nerves, like... I don't know, there's just so much to do in a Tiger Cub set for everyone in the mm. band, you know, there's so much that can go wrong, so many devices that can just run out of battery or stop working. <laughs> and yeah, because there would be no warm-up, there'd be no... Yeah, we 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 pull well, up to download. Well, you can't even do proper sound checks in, in festival. There's just a line you? check, and yeah. there's a kind of really angry monitor engineer from Dublin <laughs> being like, "Come on, yeah." yeah so there, there, there's a lot of things going on, um, but it was yeah, just like pulling up to the site and hearing a kick drum being sound checked in a field was like it was life affirming. It really was like it was it was educational to to watch all the other bands as well, like how they like work the crowd and just. Just looking at looking at the bigger bands who have like their crowd come to see them at a festival. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we we had to win people over still just because of the size of Tiger Cup. There were yeah. people that were there dedicated to see us, but in a sea of like ten thousand people, that's a small m minority of people who who know the track. So we we realised pretty quickly we we're going to have to like convert people and win them over, and that's a different mentality I think to go into a set with than than like a victory lap if everyone's came to see you. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because on one side, if you're playing to a big room of your own fans, that's nerve-wracking because you want to deliver and you don't want to yeah. like, defy expectations. But then when it's, yeah, when it's like a festival crowd, it, there is a different set of nerves that go alongside that. A lot more variables, a lot more things that can like... I can only up. imagine that, um, you know, because I only saw a few clips on the TV, but I can only imagine that people were absolutely going mental for it. Yeah. We're just totally up for it because they hadn't, the audience hadn't been to those any kind of event like that at all either so totally man they were hungry for it definitely yeah. it was like everyone was really responsive we got a nice little circle pit towards the end um it was a great show man it was a, it was like the best possible gig to come yeah. back to for tiger cub it just felt like we just i don't know like my shoulders dropped after it and i was just like whoa we made it like we we made it through <laughs> the last five years yeah. <laughs> and then what did you party or did you go straight home <laughs> we went we got stuck into the catering oh yeah the poke <laughs> balls we did a few little kind of backstage hello it's you it's you sort of caught up with a few people we haven't yeah. seen in a while that was really nice we had a bit of press as well yeah i mean that's yeah. the thing when when I always say this to my girlfriend Alice because she's like, oh, it must be crap. Like, I'd love to come to download festival with you and do all this stuff. And I'm like, it's really great. But when you're in the production of a festival, it's never as glamorous as you think. It's There's all a lot just of like. Porter cabins and. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Porter cabins. Porter cabins. Shitting in the field. Shitting in the field. And then there's just like people, you know, there's a lot of. Yeah, it's not glamorous really at all. But then once you've done your gig, you've got like, you've got maybe an hour of press to do. You've got yeah. to say hello to people. So you kind of have to stay in the yeah. game. And there's, doesn't really feel like there's that much room for like a sort of Pete Doherty-esque, like, you, like mentality in, yeah. in today's, cause everyone's got camera phones and ev yeah. everyone's basically being filmed. Yeah. So there's just this weird, like, pen pensive's the only way I can describe it. And the download especially as well. Like everyone's in, Fancy dress. Yeah. It was crazy. We were just like, oh, look at that dude. Yeah, that's that great. guy's like, got that's nipple it. tape. Yeah, that guy's nipple got wings. Tape. I ain't seen that since yeah. 2001. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, there is. Oh, you're absolutely right, man. Yeah, and, and we kind of learned our lesson from Reading Festival, Reading and Leeds 2017, where we'd played Reading on one day and then we'd like beelined up to Leeds, camped out, and then played Leeds on the second day. 
you know, having a bit of a party in the campsite isn't a brilliant idea for the next day and the show and the uh, general it, comfort. It has consequences. It does. It has consequences. It does. And then just the nature of us being an independent band as well, I don't know why I'm ranting so much and complaining, but is like once the festival's over, there's a million other things that you've got to do. Do you know what I mean? So you really do have to keep switched on. I would have loved to have just like had loads of smack and like banged a load of like coke up my nose and like gone <laughs> wild yeah. and started like telling, flipping people off. But, but not, can't do not that. Me. No, can't no. do it. Can't no, be do that, that, that old rock and roll on the thing. seafront later. If I was like. Um, if we got paid a million pounds to do that, Lord, I would definitely do that. Oh, yeah, totally. Because then we'd retire immediately afterwards. <laughs> yeah. We didn't get paid a million pounds. <laughs> no, did we? we certainly didn't. <laughs> Bit less. <laughs> so, um, so that's really great. And then you're going to be touring later on in the year, which is, which is going to be nice, assuming that everything is, uh, you know, we don't sort of go into another lockdown or anything like that. But yeah. uh, we won't talk about that. We'll just pretend that everything's going to be hunky-dory and it's all going to be you know, beautiful and everyone's yeah, going to be happy. Sunshine, so, playing like chalk in November, I think, uh, later on this year. Yeah. So, you nothing between now and then, no live gigs or. A couple of little things that could happen, but a bit silly for us to say what they are or when they are because yeah. we need to sort of confirm it. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully, um, yeah. kids' parties. Uh, <laughs> I think we've got a christening in Swindon in <laughs> September. No, we're, we're maybe thinking about doing a Halloween set, as we have done in the past, but we've just got to. Um, convince the guy's not here to i think it. he'll be up for it yeah yeah so we've actually played in this room oh. at halloween before okay. and we in the past have done queens of the queens of the stone age so we do queens of the stone age in drag um <laughs> which is probably the best thing we've ever done as a band queens of the sadly, drag. sadly. Oh, yeah we've, we've got like this like We've got really, really tight knit fan base and like our mailing list subscribers are just like, I just think like crucial to like how we yeah. get like what we do out to people and how like we basically, you know, reach people to sell records to. And like we always are thinking of ways to just like reward people for like being on our mailing list and stuff. So try and give out like freebies to people, like first dibs on, on everything. Um, and like, like secret gig tickets basically and like the Halloween parties that we do. At Brighton Electric, like where we're recording this interview, like they're always amazing. We'll just like we'll blow it, we'll blow out two hundred like tickets through the mailing list only. Give everyone like a load of free, you know, like Jägermeister or whatever if they send us a couple of bottles, yeah. and like just give give everyone like a good a good time and a bit of a party. Do you know what I mean? And like a reward for like being bombarded with like you know just constantly being asked to buy stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the the secret. Halloween gigs that we do are like part part of that. Uh, so the album, just going back to the album, I mean, it's it's it's, it's brilliant, really good. It, I like the, uh, the sort of different. It's kind of kind of got quite a lot of different dynamics. It it feels like it flows, but also there's quite a variation going on as well. And uh, a song like Funeral, obviously, is something that's um, is is kind of like almost downbeat, isn't it? It's very uh, uh, whatever the word might be. Uh, sad sad <laughs> <laughs> but it also Something sounds like, like it could be released in like the 70s it could be like a uh, I, I don't know uh, what's that Scottish guy who was mates with John Lennon um, Ross Stewart 
Yeah, that's it. it. Could have been a Rod Stewart track from 1928. <laughs> Ali McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> Ali McCoy's could have put that out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, now who am I thinking of? He's Scottish. He's uh, Donovan. Donovan. Yeah. It really Donovan vibe. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think about that. Yeah. yeah, I love Donovan. Oh, me too, man. He's such a weirdo. So you filmed, you actually filmed a video, didn't you, for a funeral in, uh, was it a local church? Yeah, it was St. Mary's Church Mary's, in, yeah. in Camptown. Um, yeah, that was, that was wicked. It was like the first sort of days of spring. Um, and St. Mary's is like, is, is an easy church to hire out. Yeah. They put on a lot of events there and stuff and like, it's just such a magical building. It's like, just structurally, it's so like, hard not to be in awe of it. Um, but yeah, I felt like, a track like that deserved like a nice setting and like a, a live sort of string. It's it's not a quartex, it's free. What would you call that? A triumvirate. Yeah, it deserved a, a string triumvirate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it sounded so like the acoustics in the church was so nice. So yeah, I was really the snare drum. You're you're okay. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah exactly. A very slow decay on a snare in the yeah. church. Jesus, yeah. the power of Christ. Compelsy. <laughs> so obviously there's, you know, there's full on kind of rockers and then you kind of go into songs like Funeral and, and followed by um, Built to Fail, which is kind of a gentle kind of acoustic number, isn't it, to begin with? I get, yeah, yeah. It, it starts off on like a whirly and there's Jimmy's playing piano on yeah. it and it, it's more of like a, a, a linear, like softer dynamic mm. track, which I, I just thought that was like a, a good move to have on a record because the first yeah. 15, 10 to 15 minutes of As Blues Indigo is like rock, yeah. non-stop fucking rock, yeah. mm. do you know what I mean, forever. And I, d I don't know about you, but like my attention span with records is about 10 minutes. I think it's a good idea to break it up a little bit. You just need like it a cigarette break or something yeah. or just go and make a coffee or something like that, do you know what I mean? Just like a breather, yeah. you know, otherwise too much is too much. So yeah, I thought it was a good move to just have like a little bit of a sort of Valley, yeah, and not just one song, but a kind of, kind of couple back to back, and then just bring it back up, yeah. you know, like move, shift through the gears on the second side, and then have like you know, sort of we arrive back at the start towards the end of the record, which I think makes a good record. I like it when they have a cyclical sort of nature to them. Yeah, and built to fail. It's really cool that you brought that one up because that's one that when Jamie was just absolutely prolifically seasoning the demo folder on a daily basis, that one really did stick out to me. Um, and yeah, I'm really pleased that one made the record. There's, there, there's a few we recorded that didn't, which hopefully will see the light of day. But that was definitely a highlight for me. And um, it's just yeah. nice to, it's nice to sort of be safe in the knowledge that you can go berserk and you know, like making massive noise, but then yeah. to dial back from that and not feel like you're compromising what you normally do in any way. It's nice. No, that's, that's a good point. Cause like my, I have this like internal tug of war between being like artistically sound and then commercially where I want the band to go and like that that sort of commercial ambition and like sometimes depending on like where I'm at in my head and where I feel like the band's at sometimes my songwriting can tip too far into the commercial like it just goes too poppy because I'm just like oh I want us to do big venues I want to you know I want to endow the record with this like huge single that can you know get us the resources that we need and stuff like that and one of the really the things I really cherish about like the the union between like me Jimmy and Jalex James the drummer who's not with us um he's alive but he's not oh, with he's us today <laughs> <laughs> well, well do we know that he's alive <laughs> I've not spoken to him today 
I, sp- I spoke to I'll him send him a message. I think he's, I think he's still going. He's still going. He's, yeah, he's, he did not die. Um, <laughs> but one of the things I'm really grateful for is like, just we can always pull it back to, we can find sense in like the, the, just the sheer amount of demos that I put out there. Some are pop and some are really arty and weird. And like between the three of us, like that selection process just really Oh, within helps. the first five minutes of us, the three of us going towards something, we kind of know if it's a goer or not and, it, and, and how we're going to do it. And yeah, we've, yeah, we've, because we've done all these cover sets as well, sort of really going through albums and like learning them properly and doing them in drag. You know, that I think has helped us in. When you play something wearing a dress, it does change. Yeah, well, you just feel sassy. Change, you yeah. feel sassy and you feel strong and independent. And that is how so, we've decided to write songs now as well. Yeah, so we tracked all of his blues into Go in Drag. <laughs> wow. Mind boggles again. Interesting stuff. Cool. I can imagine you guys look really good in drag. I've got to say. I don't know, I don't know if that's a reflection on me, but uh, just, yeah. I do enjoy it. <laughs> Gender's a construct. I do enjoy it, yeah. It's a nice dress it's a construct, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Especially in, you know, dresses and yeah, things like that. Yeah, I can't remember what the brief was last time. James looks amazing. I mean, James, he, often, he'll be the slutty one in the fishnet. He, and the leather he transitions jacket. very easily. Oh, it's yeah. seamless. Yeah. It's yeah. Seamless. yeah it's, and he's not here to defend himself. He's not. I refuse to lose my moustache because it's basically source of all my power so i'd never get rid of that so i'm the kind of the mustache one you were theresa may zombie last time <laughs> yeah i was i was i went as theresa may it's pretty good running through the fields perhaps that's it fields yeah of yeah fields. dancing yeah. with children in nature or the farmer i tell you though the farmer that was hampson well, thank you very much, guys, for uh, taking the time. Pleasure. And um, really good to, to see you, you know, firing on all cylinders. Great album, great experience at Download, and uh, looking forward to seeing some more gigs later on in the year, Chalk in November. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Cheers, Jeff. Cheers, yeah. Ledge. Thanks for having us.